right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Slap the Ask show, episode number 11. We are fortunate enough to have Andre or at Birdie Trading on Twitter. Our, uh, our good friend Bill Stocks made the connection, and we appreciate the last second uh, effort to come on because I know I only reached out to you yesterday and you were willing to come on. <laughs> So we, uh, we really, I know you had a long flight, um, but yeah, um, I don't, I don't know, uh, Andre that well, but from what I do know from his profile, he's a grad student in, uh, biology. He's a biologist. He's, um, big advocate for supporting wildlife conservation, does a lot of charity work, and he is an expert in doing his due diligence and technical trading, technical analysis. So with that, Andre, thanks for uh, coming on the show. Yeah, thank you, Andre. Mr. Yes. <laughs> thank Good you friend. for having me, gentlemen. Of course. Um, I'm stoked to be here. Yeah, I just flew in from Seattle yesterday, so this is my first full day back in the mainland, which is kind of strange. It's really weird being able to drive on a highway and actually have three-lane highways and just seeing people walk around the malls. It's I live in small-town Hilo, you know, so... It's pretty yeah. country. It's pretty rural back there. And Big Island is a lot different from Seattle. <laughs> so it's it's taken me a little bit to acclimate to where I'm at right now. But yeah, super happy to have um, you guys invite me on this podcast. I'm excited to talk about my history and then just shoot shit with y'all. Awesome. Yeah. So Andre, one thing I wanted to ask you just right off the bat is, um, first of all, did you start trading while you're in Hawaii? And second of all, what is it like trading in Hawaii, considering you're six hours off of New York, where all the stock <laughs> yeah. Are yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I started trading in Hawaii. So I was first introduced to trading at 4.30 in the morning. So it was either stay up all night and just do my homework, do my work until 4.30 in the morning and start trading, or I would actually just go to bed from new, like from about midnight and wake up at three o'clock, wake up, go through my tickers, go through my watch list and then trade. But after doing this for a few days, man, a few days or a week or so, I was like, okay, I can't be a day trader. There's no way in hell that I'm going to begin day trading. So that's when I started swing trading and yeah. swing trading. It's, you know, it's recommended that people swing trade if you have a full-time job especially because you're just trading support and resistance levels. So it makes more sense to put your buy order in and then put your sell order in and then just live your daily life and not really worry about it. So I switched relatively quickly. And yes, it, I, there are some days where I wake up at 3.30 and I think to myself, man, I need to move back to the mainland because trading has taken over my life, right? Like once I, once I graduate from school, I'm going to focus on trading and I, I just don't know if I can, <laughs> I don't know if I can do this, man. Like, so yeah, when, yeah, uh, how long have you been in Hawaii for? Um, two years, two years. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I, I'm not native Hawaiian. I'm not from here. I'm from Baltimore. Okay. I'm from the East Coast, just like you two fellas. I moved here specifically for school. Yeah, yeah, DMV, let's go. <laughs> yeah, so I moved here specifically for school. Right. Um, so, I, yeah, I study birds. I study conservation. And there is a professor out here who's pretty well-known in the birding community. Uh, so I contacted him, got phone out here, and then I've been here ever since. And, 
you know, I think I'm going to stay. Yeah, I'm living in paradise, brothers. Why would I leave? Yeah, seriously. I mean, when you're saying, like, considering leaving Hawaii, I was like, bro, you're in, like, Nirvana right now. <laughs> like, barring any, like, tsunamis or volcanic eruptions, I think you're in a pretty great spot. To live. <laughs> Absolutely. But your hating hours are a little bit difficult to deal with. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I guess you got into trading basically while you're in grad school in Hawaii. You realized the hours were a little bit insane to start day trading. How, how long did you dabble in day trading before you were like, this is, this is impossible. And when, when did you get into it? Like, was it like the yeah. last year or? Yeah, within the last year. Um, okay. I'm coming up on eight months now. So relatively new trader. And I dabble with day trading for about seven to 10 days or so. Because when you first get into trading, you really don't know the difference between day trading, swing trading, you know, whether you hold for one day, whether you hold for a few weeks, that terminology really wasn't known to me that kind of, I was exposed to that later on. So when I first started trading, it was kind of like, okay, well, I'm going to get in the stock and I'm going to get out of the stock in the same day, because that's what makes sense to me. So that didn't last long. About a few days into it, I was like, okay, what are the other trading strategies that I can pursue that are a little more relevant and a little less fucking crazy for my schedule? Yeah, I think I think you honestly trade pretty similar to Jimmy and I's strategy because Jimmy mm-hmm. and I, we still work full-time jobs. So, like, I mean, I'm on my phone a lot at work, like yeah. mortgage account, watch list, all that kind of stuff. Yep. But, um, yeah, day trading, it's like you pretty much have to do it full-time. You have to be glued to your screen because, like, especially when you're trading penny stocks, it can fluctuate. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, we, yep. we know we had Jester on the show. We were talking about this and like, he's a savage. I mean, he's 25 and he trades full time. Like that's mm-hmm. so impressive to me, but uh, yeah. And I saw on your profile, like you're into technical analysis, like uh, how important is technical analysis and swing trading? Is it less important now or like, what, what do you focus on? I know I was looking at some of the stocks you're in, like, RMRK. Like, those are the type of tickers that we look at, right? Like, right. no dilution, good share right. structure, no toxic deck. They're pink current. With the TD mm-hmm. Ameritrade thing, you pretty much have to be current now. And the SEC rules end of September. Right. But, uh, yeah, what do you look for in tickers? Um, yeah. yeah. So, I focus on TA, but it does not mean I – neglect what i do find in fa fundamental analysis right so i mean both sides of the spectrum ta or fa they're trying to get to the same point right Uh what's the intrinsic value of this stock and whether you're looking at financial reports whether you're looking at financial statements or whether you're looking at the chart just of itself you're really trying to get to the same question so i do include both point of views into my decision making, but I do focus on TA. And that's just because I focus on price action. And if anybody doesn't know who is listening to this price action, it's just price movement of the stock over time. And with that, to me, assessing a stock's intrinsic value and all of my decision making, it is prefaced um, by looking at price action and the relevant indicators. And this is because, you know, charts help us act objectively instead of subjectively, right? So we've all been to the point where we look at a stock, we read the financial reports, and we're like, okay, like the stock has to go up, right? Like, especially if a stock drops, we think to ourselves, man, this stock has to go up. 
right? Like I'm going to hold on for a little longer. It's got to bounce eventually, right? Because those that decision is based off the fundamental analysis, right? Like we have this intrinsic value, but how many cases have we had this opinion? Like we look at it subjectively, right? And then we are holding this bag for months on months and months. And we could have just completely avoided that situation if we checked out the chart. The chart says it all. If the chart's declining and you see volume declining, you see price action declining, but you're still holding on, like you need to really reevaluate yourself. And once I was exposed to that realm, and like seeing my mistakes in that perspective, that's when I decided to move towards TA. Mm-hmm. And to go on with this, I do believe that TA and price action, it does include data from fundamental analysis. And because I, I believe that all that data within the fundamental analyses and like the market psychology of traders, it's already included in price action. So if you just look at price action, you can somewhat account for what you do read and what you do see in those reports, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And I think you bring up a good point in like looking at my past experience. I used to really strictly rely on fundamental analysis, but um, you know, when you're swing trading, you're long, assuming you have like if you're buying and trying to sell higher, you're long, but you're not that long. So TA would be more beneficial in that regard. Whereas I think fundamental analysis is much better if you're super long as in i want to hold this stock mm. for a long time right right yeah, and that's why i think fundamental analysis on like big boards it's more beneficial mm-hmm. whereas ta it seems like uh the otc can uh if you use ta you can really make a lot of money on the otc and right. it's like you bring up the, like the intrinsic value of the stock um i think one of the big things on fintwit right now is the wish stock right the elon uh e-market rates yep. itself it's basically like alibaba for the u.s honestly I think it's a great company, but the right. stock has gone down like 66% from its highs for no good reason other than the chart, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> the FAs haven't changed, right? Their revenues are going up and they're uh, actually increasing, they're actually decreasing the amount of time it takes to deliver the products. So as a business, they're getting better, but the stock price is not reflecting that. And like, right. so benefit from having TA understanding uh, how to read the chart and know when to buy, know when to sell, things like that. Understand when a stock's being shorted and how to respond, buying puts instead of going long all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you bring up like, you know, I think your philosophy is how one should trade. You know, you got all these tools in your toolbox. You don't just have FA or you just don't have TA. You might as well. Right. Both in your strategy. Mm-hmm. Unless, exactly. unless, you're, unless you're Jester, then you just purely trade on technical analysis. <laughs> <laughs> well, that dude, I mean, yeah, he's he he a full-time teacher. That dude, he knows what he's good at and just hammers it, you know? What can you say? Yeah. Um, so, Andre, another question. Like, so you're, you pretty much almost exclusively trade OTC, right? Do you, uh, do you invest in other things? Do you invest in, like, NASDAQ, S&P, real estate, or are you pretty much all in OTC right now? My portfolio is 99% OTC. And because I've traded within yeah. the last year, you know, one of my tickers is – CCIV, absolutely. I'm holding that long. <laughs> it's a good ticker. I think you'll do well. Yeah, it is a good ticker, man. You know, when I when I make my first, you know, mill, I'm definitely buying a Lucid. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> They're still in production, right? They haven't actually. Have they released the product yet? No, right? I don't think they. No, have. yeah, I don't think it is. It's still so early. Like, I mean, 
it's pretty much the ground floor still. What is it trading around? It's still at like 19 or something like that? Nah, it's in the 20s, I believe. It's in the 20s or 30s. It was, yeah. I, it was in 19s for a minute, which is honestly to me unbelievable that it got back down oh, to sure. 18s. Yeah, it, yeah, at 18s, it was a steal because I bought at 18s right. in January and then I thought I was good. I didn't sell when it hit 60, which I was holding long. So therefore, I wasn't really worried about intraday price fluctuations, but it still hurt me a little bit to see it go from 60, then back down to 18 when I bought it. Right. seven months ago mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's wait for those long-term capital gains right yeah well, exactly exactly i'll whatever, think myself in 10 years justify your your actions <laughs> <laughs> whatever you say in hindsight but it's funny that like when i think of like a lot of these companies going public now via spac i used to think spac was such a great idea um back in the day it allows investors like us on the ground floor to buy into these companies early whereas you know when the company goes public they have all the banks you know, basically raise the funds and get all the insiders in and all these high net worth individuals to buy shares, things like that. But the more and more I'm like looking into SPACs, I'm like thinking it's like, you know, they're going SPAC actually for a reason to avoid disclosing a lot of their exactly. practices. Yeah, it's like that, when a company goes public, like why are they going public? They're going public to raise money. Why are they, why do they need money? You know, you gotta be, I mean, if, if you go on these Twitter spaces, I don't know if you've been on Twitter spaces at all, Andre, but the amount of shit talking on SPACs is insane. Like, I mean, SPACs used to be like the thing. Like, that's what everyone mm-hmm. was buying and making so much money on. And now it's like there's such this negative sentiment, like Jimmy was saying about SPACs. But I mean, you got you got good winners, and I think I think CCIV is going to be fine long term. Yeah, no, yeah, I think they'll be fine. But like, if you look back at like company like Nikola Motors or something like that. Like last year in 2020, I think they hit like at one point like triple digits, like over 100 bucks a share. And like the dude who founded the company basically like admitted to lying about the product. Well, because you're going SPAC. That's exactly for, why. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly why. Whereas no, you have to actually disclose the SEC and SPAC. It's this vehicle has all the cash already. You're just going into them. It's much. Right. It is shady. And I thought at first I was like, oh, this is a great thing, but actually it's fucked up. <laughs> a lot of these SPACs are bad deals, but like I said, I think CCIB is actually a good company. Lucid seems to be solid. Um, yeah. So a little off topic. This is not even like about markets per se, like about the stock market or OTC or big boards and like that. I kind of curious about Hawaii in general. So right now, mainland, we have a lot of uh, price increases and everything, whether it's home prices, gasoline, Lumber is now finally back down, but still like a lot of inflation. I'm assuming Hawaii is probably experiencing it like 10x what the homeland is, right? Because of all the inflation has to happen. Yeah, exactly. And also it depends where you live too. I live on Big Island, which is a little different from Honolulu, for example. I feel like people, when they think of Hawaii, they automatically just key into Honolulu and Oahu like this like San Diego-esque vibe, like super nice palm trees on an island. But you look at all the other islands and it's super rural. Like Big Island is pretty fucking rural country. We got people with like lifted Tacomas with like flags out their bed of the trucks. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. People selling like ahi tuna on the side of the road. It's like, it's a different world out here. But yeah, man, for sure. Gas is 430 or so. I mean, a gallon of milk has always been like six bucks. Um, everything everything that is felt on mainland is doubled over here just because like you're right everything has to be imported like 
if you go to the farmer's markets, for example, <laughs> there's a joke that a lot of the, the people, like the locals selling their, their fruits and veggies are actually just buying in bulk from the, the grocery stores, which get all of their products cheaper um, because it's nobody here is farming. You know what I mean? Like there's no fruit and vegetables. Everything's yeah, everything getting imported. So exactly. So like it's cheaper for them to buy in bulk from these grocery stores and then sell it as like a local farmer's market op. <laughs> That's hilarious. Genius. <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. They're hustling. Yeah, Andre, I, I was watching this, uh, it was one of those like beach home, like HGTV shows. Yeah. And it was Love in those. Hawaii. And I was, and there was like this little like bungalow on the beach and it was like $1.2 million. Like the, the real estate prices are absolutely insane. Yeah. Um, I just listened to... Yeah. My bad for interrupting you, but yeah. I just want to, yeah, I just listened to this uh, on the radio and the average medium household um, cost um, for like a, like a medium, like the cost for a home on Big Island is like 400,000 on Maui. It's like 1.1 million on Oahu is around 1 million. Mm. Kauai is a little over a million and this is medium as well. So right. it honestly, it, it shows that a lot of people are just a lot of people who retire are moving to the islands and then really increasing the housing prices, which I mean, sucks because there's a lot of natives who barely have housing. So right. yeah, like living out here is tough. If, if you live out here, if you decide to move out here, definitely make sure you have a job first because one, there's not as many jobs and two, there's a lack, like a shorting, um, a, a lack of housing opportunities. Yeah, it was actually funny because I was out last night with a buddy and I, I met one of his friends and he's actually moving uh, to Hawaii for his job, but he's been remote nice. for the last like two years because of, you know, COVID and everything. So right, he's been with right. his company for like two years and he's just now moving to Hawaii to start his job. <laughs> but I mean, they're like paying him to move out and everything. So he's like, that's sick. Give it that's a shot. Sick. Right? Do you oh, know yeah. what island? I don't know. I assume the mainland, um, but I don't know. I mean, I didn't really talk to him that much about it. Right, right. It's funny also that you say, like, it's hard to get a job because, like, if you look at, like, the labor statistics state by state, like, usually Hawaii is known to have, like, the lowest unemployment rate of any state in the country. I guess it's just because there's so many service jobs available. Like, I feel like there's a lot of, like, you know, hotels or whatever, like, vacation spots to work at. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. I feel like the economics of Hawaii are so different than the economics of, like I said, the 48 states, even Alaska. At least Alaska can drive a truck there. There's no interstate system that goes from Big Island to California. Right. And I guess when you go between islands, like you've got to take a boat or take a little plane or something like. Yeah, there used to be a ferry, but now it's it's just straight up. You have to fly from island to island. Wow. Yeah, no, mm -hmm. it sounds like a very cool lifestyle, but like you said, definitely uh, you need to bring some bread with you before you uh, try. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Your $6 milks won't pay for themselves. <laughs> Straight up. Um, so let's, I guess, shift back to uh, on topic about yeah. stocks and whatnot. Of course. Um, <laughs> what, uh, what tickers are you looking at? What are you trading? I know you said you're swinging mostly right now. I know the market's kind of like, Mm -hmm. not the best right now for small caps but i it's interesting because you joined like eight months ago i only started trading in like october so pretty jimmy's been trading for a lot longer than i have but right. uh it's interesting because like when you started the market was so good like i remember like 
end of January, February, you could buy like any ticker and you would make money. It was insane. It was, it was hot. It was so hot. And now, you know, I mean, it's summer, people are on vacation. There's not as much volume. People aren't trading as much, but uh, how are you, how are you kind of navigating the market right now? Like, what are you, what are you buying? What are you holding? What are you selling? Have you cut any bags or um, kind of what's your position right now? Yeah. So right now, I'm in a good spot because I love bottom feeding. And because my alias is birdie, I call it uh, like scavenging, scavenging for the pieces, right? Like I'm a vulture, vulture. I find all the dead socks that are just flatlining. So right now it's a pretty good market for me in terms of I find, I identify what stocks are flatlining and I just hold them. I swing trade them for an, a certain period of time. Um, so I have a, Decent amount of tickers, right? Like whether it's custo plays, um, which I'll be holding a little longer, or whether it's just any random ticker that's trading um, on bottom, um, I'm down for. So I my portfolio is pretty large in that respect, but I'm pretty confident with identifying key support and scaling out at known resistances based on historical price action that my summer and leading into my fall is going to go perfectly fine. Nice. Yeah, so, it's, uh, I think the OTC world, everyone's excited about the fall, right? Everyone's like, yeah, uh, so it's going uh, current. <laughs> I don't be dead soon. But again, it's like, you know, is it buy the rumor, sell the news type situation? Who knows? But we'll see. And it's funny, like Luke says, like, you know, the, the summer, everything's like kind of dying down in the small cap world. You know, like there's an old adage in the trading world to like sell in May and go away. You know, it's basically, mm -hmm. you know, the summertime's slow and you can see like apples the like huge large cap, the Amazons, the Facebooks, they're hitting all-time highs. Indexes yep. are hitting all-time highs, whereas small yep. are suffering. So I guess like there's more passive now. No one's like actively looking at the screen like, all right, we're going to trade. They're going to you know just start dumping into their retirement funds or the indexes, keep it easy, and mm -hmm. that's why they're all benefiting from it. Um, it's all about where the money is flowing, right? That's that's the key. Exactly. When exactly cracks down on the delinquents, ideally the pinks will get the money in the OTC. Yeah. I mean, that's also the issue too. Following the money um, has led a lot of people to move towards big boards. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I get, I get it. Like, obviously, would you rather have your money sit idly or would you rather allocate it towards um, an, uh, a place where you can actually get good returns? But man, the summer has been pretty shitty. Um, but at the same time, though, like all you have to do is exert just a little bit of patience, right? Like okay. you, for the people who who sell most of their stocks in May and then take the summer off, I get where they're coming from. But personally, I like, although this is my first summer, I have enjoyed trading during the summer because it really makes you refine your trading strategy and having multiple tools in your tool belt because when next summer rolls around like am i going to stop trading for three months no i'm going to be able to trade and be successful because of what i learned this summer right like i don't need to sit out three months like every trade is a learning opportunity right and it definitely for example the, the buy the rumor sell the news man i hate that shit so much man it hits <laughs> otc so hard like why are you <laughs> like that's that's not the huge it's not as big of a case for big boards i feel like but like buy the rumor sell the news um what's the ticker uh let me think of it real quick well i mean there's one where it's like space sp yeah. <laughs> brands that goes into like all right here's our five yeah. exactly <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah 
<laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Uh, there's a there's one called APYP, uh, and they announced a merger, which was supposed to happen on July 15th, right? And then in the beginning of July, it price was in a pretty steady uptrend, and the all-time high was around 84 or so. And then a couple of days before they were going to announce the merger, price climbed, it climbed, it hit 78, and then just dropped 20%. And it caught everybody off guard because everybody was still riding this high from the uptrend in July. We were still waiting um, at least a, a couple of days before the 15th merger, right? But people decided to sell. They, they scaled out their position before the merger and before they reached the all-time high. They just wanted to get their, their, their profit and run with it. And then it just... I wasn't surprised. It happens all the time, but it's just it like really confirmed that OTC markets they follow by the rumors of the news like to a T, and it it affects novice traders like crazy. Like I wasn't too worried because I'm holding APYP for a little longer. I'm holding it until they actually um, increase their production and then start scaling that out. So I wasn't too upset by this. But other traders who may have gotten in at the end of June, um, whose averages are a little higher, they definitely got fucked by this. And hopefully that's a good learning lesson for them. But again, OTC, OTC markets, it's by the rumors of the news. And that's how you should base your trading strategies off of. Yeah, it's interesting because I think also like in the OTC, people are so afraid of scams. Like if you've been trading the OTC for like any amount of time, when you first start trading the OTC, you see all these big, you know, FinTwit personalities, you know, Discord trading servers, and they're just buying Trip Zero stocks, front loading them, pumping them, and then dumping on all the shareholders. So you learn very quickly that <laughs> yep. you got to do a little bit of research and know what you're buying. But at the same time, now with all these stocks having to get current, um, I think it's I just I think it's going to be so good for the OTC because it's interesting. I was talking to Bill Stocks about having you on. And he's like, we need more good OTC traders, people who are actually buying, you know, non-diluted pink current stocks with upcoming catalysts, because then the money's going to be flowing into these companies that are actually real. Like 90% of the OTC right now is a scam. I <laughs> fully believe that. It's a scam. And people yeah. like Bill Stocks, Sully the Great, like you you're actually buying these tickers that have real potential and real possibilities that you're able to hold through the summer when people aren't buying, you know, volumes going to large caps and you can still be confident that you're going to make money in the long run. So I just hope that, I just hope that more traders start to realize this and start to not keep buying these, you know, front loading bullshit tickers that are just losing people money and making all these big names money. So, I mean, I I mean good strategy. Yeah, it's a good strategy for them. <laughs> for them. And then, yeah, and then there's there's some furus who will like Bill. Bill's great because he sells his large positions in small, um, small piles, right? Yeah. And that doesn't affect the the price action too much because that's the proper way to do it. But then you have somebody with 20 million shares and they and sell 10 million on the bid, and you're like, fuck, like, okay, well, <laughs> yeah. that dropped heavily, and like, it just goes to show that. Some people, especially some frurus, are more interested in just putting money into their pockets and their associates' pockets than the novice traders who are the ones favoriting and retweeting their tweets. Um, those are actually the people that they're just shooting on because at the end of the day, it's it's a business, right? And some people have 
the the clientele's best interest in line or they have their own best interest in line and at the end of the day you know what you do you but that's not gonna that's not gonna be how i play the market never are you familiar with uh what is it west coast trader all the drama that happened last week on twitter did you see that yeah i saw that with between uh, him and uh, george sharp stocks yeah george also it was west i'm pretty sure it wasn't it also west and stocks pilgrim Oh, that was Matt. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, was that Matt yeah. Because yeah. that was also regarding front-loading as well. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's funny? The past like, two weeks. <laughs> when I was reading that DM, like, the thing is, like, the argument is, like, everyone front-loads to some extent, right? Because you do the research, you put in the time, you buy the ticker. The difference is these people aren't doing the research, not putting in the time. They're just buying and then telling their group to buy it and then telling other people to buy it afterwards. And right. It was funny how Stock Pilgrim just like exposed him so clearly because I don't know if you read the DM he sent, but he literally told him not to tell anyone. Right. And I don't know. I gained a lot of respect for Stock Pilgrim. I mean, I'm not going to completely shit on, uh, you know, West, I don't know, it was West Coast Trader or whatever. Because, I mean, we're all guilty to some extent, but the right, right. It was so calculated and so obvious. It was just, I, well, well, that's well the it's issue. not good for the OTC. It makes people even less yeah. confident, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, I think one thing that has to be remembered also is, like, these are tickers, like you said, that are trip, zero, trip zeros or whatever, who haven't, like, disclosed anything in years, haven't had a volume in years. One guy front loads is like, this is going to be big. Like, Who's any volume yeah. going in? It's going to fucking skyrocket. Yep. You know, that's what the dude uh, that got in trouble in the beginning of the year when he made the fake website for that one company. Oh, yes. it's called. He literally the yeah i'm like oh oc millionaire i think or something like that. yeah oc yeah. millionaire yep yeah he made a fake website i'm like hey respect the hustle but at the same time you really are fucking like that's fraud that's literal fraud he just did um <laughs> so he uh i mean he made money sec is knocking on his door but like i said if you find these tickers ahead they're just dead they're dead tickers no one's trading them at all once volume comes in they just skyrocket and people are like, oh like oh gained 800 today Boom, and then you know, dump on them. Right. It's a dangerous world out there, but ideally, you know, I'm a very anti-regulatory person personally, but I understand consumers have to be protected, right? They have to be protected, the environment has to be protected, things like that. There's all these negative externalities that can come with, you know, business or just the way things where people operate. So this SEC rule, I hope, I think everyone hopes, will eliminate this kind of behavior within OTC trading. See what actually yes, sir. Hopefully, at least more so. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, what are <laughs> oh, what was it, Luke? What are those drapes? Are you at your grandma's house or something? No, nah, this is my <laughs> parents' house. Yeah, no, this is like our old music room. I got like a piano here, which I don't think anyone in my house actually knows how to play. A little cello my sister plays. Nice, nice. I go outside and do this interview shirt- shirtless, but with my sunglasses on, but I was like, that might be inappropriate. Maybe not. <laughs> I need to get a little bit more tan. I've been... I'm back in New York. I'm trying to get nice and crispy for when I see Luke again. I'm almost getting like separation anxiety right now. <laughs> been too long. Uh, Jimmy's been in New York for work like the last two weeks. We we live together in Philly normally, but oh, bet okay. Yeah, um, Andre. The one question I want to ask you: I notice in your bio you had the Vietnamese flag in there. Are you yes, sir. Vietnamese? Yes, I'm mixed. Okay. Do you have any so perspective I, on the economy of Vietnam right now? No, I do okay. not. <laughs> Never mind. Jimmy, that's, a deep, a, that's a deep question. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, the Jay and I are uh, heavily invested in Vimonti. I don't know if you've heard of that company, VMNT, and the yep. OTC. Yep. And they're, yeah. So yeah. Jimmy was trying to do a little digging there. But yeah, see, what's <laughs> going on in the Vietnamese economy. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> let that one pass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sorry I failed you. <laughs> no, no worries at all. No worries at all. Um, oh, let, let's, uh, let's talk about uh, your uh, podcast you're going to be starting soon. Oh yeah, let's hear do you that. have a uh, do you have a name or any uh, ideas for uh, what it's gonna be? Let's uh, go for it. Yeah, so I have named the podcast "Ascending Traders," which is simply a play on words of the chart pattern ascending triangle. Right. There we yeah. go. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, took me uh, about a full day to think of various names, and then I I ended up with that one, and I I dig it. I dig it a lot. And the the whole premise of the podcast is around technical analysis. And it's going to be just TA for the everyday trader. Not, not too much indicators thrown in, focusing on a few, obviously, um, but mostly just price action. Because at the end of the day, all the indicators are just derivatives of price and volume. So there's really not a huge need to look at 15 indicators and have your chart looking super complex. So I'm trying to just keep it relatively simple. And then I'm intertwining these videos of technical analysis with interviews with prominent traders and upcoming traders as well. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to interview people with like 20 K followers. I'm trying to interview those who, you know, might have 500 or a thousand who have a solid trading strategy, who have a nice online social media presence and who deserve to have the spotlight on them. So that's awesome. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, man, cool. absolutely. So like you said, you, you all talked to Bill and the reason why Bill recommended y'all talk to me is because I contacted Bill to be the, the first guest <laughs> on oh, ascending great. traders. Yeah. Yeah. So it came full circle fellas. <laughs> that's great. Bill loves giving back to the community. Like you said, He's someone that wants. Yes, exactly. Bill's also one of the smartest people I've met in the OTC world. It's it's like I mean I I talk to him like every day. The he's just such a good trader, and he I mean he's been trading for like eighteen years, and he was telling us I don't know if you watched the interview we did with Bill, but like he didn't really make money. He actually I think lost a lot in like the early two thousands or like twenty fifteen right. or something. So really the last year was the first year where he really put everything he learned together and i i mean i know you've heard but i mean he's made i don't even know over you know hundreds of thousands of dollars in the last year which is insane mm -hmm. yeah but uh <laughs> anyways no the podcast is awesome are you going to do mostly like uh youtube or more like spotify i guess it's probably more visual right Cause it's going to be technical yeah analysis. it's going to be it's going to be visual i'm going to record it like the chat itself on zoom and then have that uploaded to youtube um, and then I'm going to take that audio and then upload it to Spotify, iTunes, and other podcast platforms that they may be listening to. So it's going to be um, dual purpose in a sense. Yeah, yeah. And I think your approach is like probably the best approach you could take to doing this because like we go back to our episodes. Uh, Jester, when he came on and actually gave like a TA tutorial, was by right. far our best episode. And I think people, they want that type of content, you know? They want right. to yeah. harness and learn how to really trade and dig into it. So I think exactly, especially for, really yeah, man, especially for OTC as well. A lot of the material you find online, it's going to be big boards, right? And not right. saying that you can't 
watch a big board video and then apply what you know to OTC. But for some people, that doesn't automatically click, right? Like there, for some people, there's that disconnect. They can't really apply it unless it's a little more pertinent to them. It's a little more relevant to what they're currently trading, which is OTC. So therefore, with that information, I decided to really take what I know, which is, I mean, limited to compare to some, but take what I know and then deliver that information and disseminate it towards traders in just a really straightforward and simple fashion. Yeah, it's, it's one thing I was saying to Jimmy is like in the trading world, like it's a, you know, it's a, it's like a trial by fire. Like you're always learning every single day you're learning, you're learning new things. So like even the most experienced traders um, are always learning something. But right. the thing is, like I say to Jimmy, like when we do podcasts and stuff, like we're learning as we're doing the show. So mm-hmm. like it's a win-win situation. Like if we can learn and the viewers can learn, exactly, nothing matters. And we enjoy it. You know, I said to Jimmy, I said, we talk, we talk every day for at least an hour or so about trading. Why not just record it? You know? <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yep. Totally agree. But that's exciting stuff. Yeah. Ascending traders, right? Is the name? Yeah. As- yep. Ascending traders. Very cool. Yep. I'll start working on the, the first TA video in August, once I return from my trip to the Pacific Northwest, and then I'll have Bill on the podcast on August 19th. Oh, nice. Glad it's all like all scheduled then. That's great. Yep. yep. That time is scheduled. And then I was hoping to have you two on it in the future as well. Just continue to shoot shit, but reverse the roles. Have me interview yeah. you two. <laughs> That's true. I, mean, I think it'd be great. We're always oh, yeah. Let's go for it. Let's set a date in the future. But yeah, man, um, once Bill put me onto YouTube, I thought to myself, man, like you two have to be on the, the show. So yeah, thank you for that. Andre, I would be honored. I know Luke would Let's be honored. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's true. I mean, I was talking to, I keep saying I was talking to Jimmy, but uh, the OTC, like uh, YouTube, like podcasts, there's really not any. Like there's, I mean, there's the OTC club and then there's you know there's pennies going in raw but pennies going in raw it's like it's entertaining i mean Mm -hmm. i love dan and hugh i mean they're i could listen to them talk about nothing for 30 minutes (laughs) but but like you said they have all the big guys on and you know more often than not they're not willing to really go into details about things so i think the fact you're going to dive into technical analysis and stuff like you're going to get such a fan base and uh yeah i know you were kind of thinking about having a co-host do you have any progress on that or um, not yet. Just gonna not run yet. Solo. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I, I'm gonna run solo, but I have contacted uh, a specific individual individual that we did mention earlier, um, but he has yet to respond. But yeah, as of right now, I'm gonna run solo. But it'd be nice to have a co-host. Just I think it'd be a little more fun, um, especially during the the interviews. I think having a co-host would just make the overall experience just improved. So yeah. still searching. I'll right. I'll shoot him a DM. I've been trying to convince him to. Uh start a podcast yeah yeah for sure now, one more thing i want to add though about otc yeah go Once for it robin hood and weeble allows otc trading which i think will happen eventually I expect the shit to like blow up when it comes to comedy. yeah yes so you're, you're, early, it, Jimmy. you're an early personality talk about otc it could be you know a good positioning that you know, yes yeah 
And then, so with included with that, with this, with the new SEC ruling, it's just like simple supply and demand. We're removing all of the excess tickers that people are putting money in because it's all like speculative. But once we take that shit out, there's just less tickers for people to get involved in. So therefore, supply and demand, that demand's going to increase. Then once we put in Weeble and Robinhood, it's it's game over. It's yeah. once like once that occurs and we all can work together as an OTC community everybody's going to be a winner, man, for yeah, sure. And you see it right now, like, people are getting scanned with the crypto scams, all the shit coins. Uh, yeah, yeah. So bad. I think people are now becoming more wary, being like, oh, just buying a stock or buying a coin doesn't mean you're going to become rich. You actually have to do research. <laughs> kind of do it Come on. <laughs> I know crypto crypto yeah. was spoiling me for a couple months, and then it just, I mean, I didn't take that much of a loss, but, like, I, I literally sold everything except Ethereum. It's like it's it's just it's you think OTC is volatile, crypto is next level. Twenty four seven, man, you can't sleep. <laughs> yep. I don't know. I don't know how those crypto traders do it, but Adderall. Props. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Well, props to them. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think this is well over thirty minutes. Um, so we always go over time. I don't think we've ever been under time. Yeah, that's a good thing, fellas. That's a good yeah, thing. Under, It'd be an issue if we went twenty five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> We're like what do we talk about but uh yeah, exactly now andre dude it's been such a pleasure i'm so looking forward to listening to your podcast we'll definitely uh help you to promote it with whatever following you may have um Thank bill's you. gonna be an absolutely great guest um yeah. it's gonna be fun it's fun to see where we'll all be in a few months so uh yeah man let's let's reconnect Let's stay in contact, but let's reconnect in one year and see where we're at, you know. (laughs) Yeah, maybe maybe Jimmy will have some new blinds that he could purchase with his new winnings. (laughs) She's got to worry about this. (laughs) She likes them. But one year in-person podcast in Hawaii would be sick. Let's go. You know I'm up for it. Let's get it. (laughs) All right, sweet. Well, Andre, pleasure. Big bird, pretty man. Thank you. Thank you, Jimmy and Luke. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, enjoy the rest of the weekend. Yes, man. Thank you. Thank you. Take care.